It's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Combined with a physical... Can't get away. They've got him. It's a sack. Punishing. Immediately under pressure. Stutzman uh, grabs him. He got it. Relentless, suffocating defense. Key Lawrence picked it off. Danny Stutzman is everywhere again. It's tipped. It's tipped. It's intercepted. <laughs> Billy Bowman. Crowd is the history of great defense at Oklahoma. And that pride, it's back. Tonight, fresh off a dominant day in Cincy, BB and the boys are home for a prime time party at the Palace. The Cyclones have played spoilers before. Will they do it again? Or will the Crimson Curtain have what's needed to keep Boomer Sooner undefeated? We're about to find out. It's football time in Oklahoma. 20 sets up a man, 25 runs over him. You get off of me. Tawi Walker planted a bearcat. He's going to let it fly. Far sideline. Anthony trying to come back for it. He caught it. He caught it. He caught it. Wow. Oh, it's Saturday night under the lights. It's the Oklahoma Sooners and the Iowa State Cyclones. It's the Big 12 home opener. Here we go. Live from the Palace on the Prairie, historic Owen Field in Norman, Oklahoma. This is Sooner Football. I feel the master. I feel the master. Another pretty good one from T Row. Iowa State has played spoiler. Um, I don't know if I feel better about it this year than I have in years past. It seems that way because of the way the defense is playing, but we overlooking some cause for concern here, Tyler. Um, I don't, the Iowa state fans, if you were to ask them say no, because that's what I was told yesterday. I got the old, oh, hell, just the boys go up there or go down there and keep it close. Then. We'll look at it as a successful Saturday. So no, I, I don't think that we're, I, I don't think that we're underestimating what Iowa State really is as a team. They're a team that's going to win less than six games. This is a game on Saturday that even though the spot is easy to look ahead, oh, you should go out and win handily if they're the team that we think they are. I think it's that simple. Yeah, no, I think that that's true. I think that's true. I do. I do feel like there's some stuff with Iowa State. I, I I feel like we'll be able to defend them really well. I'm not overly concerned about it. Um, but I do feel like they've got some potential stuff that they're maybe a year or two away from it um, with some young players. But, you know, there's some stuff that they got brewing that could in time be good for their program but right now they're just i mean it's really the same exact team that we've seen they just they don't have the star power on offense they they don't have the star Uh, power and and, and what they're not going to have tomorrow more importantly they don't have the star power and i don't think that they're going to have the mismatches um because when we look back at what the how, how long has it been seven years now six years that they've been giving ou fits but there's a lot of mm-hmm. times that Charlie Kolar is being defended by Buki Radley Hiles, right? Um, That's right. I don't see a Charlie Kolar. I don't see a Xavier Hutchinson. I just don't see a 
Brees Hall back there, and they're just not. I mean, I, right. I just them generating offense tomorrow is going to be really difficult without those mismatches that they've enjoyed recently. That's the interesting thing. Is oh, you mentioned Kohler and and um, what's his name Buki? I, I what's his name? Iowa State. They've got a ton of uh, they've got a ton of tight ends on the roster, and there's one that's a young kid. We talked about him yesterday. Brommer, Benjamin Brommer, uh, 18. I, I think he's going to be a really good player for him. Here's the thing. He's six foot seven, 245 pounds or so. He, that would have been a massive mismatch in the past. Here's what's funny. This week, he's going to line up, and he's going to be guarded by a six foot five guy. Huh, interesting. In Desan You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. that. We haven't had that in the past, and that's a dramatic change in personnel. That guy's going to walk up to the line of scrimmage and go, hey, what the hell is this guy covering me? What's happening here? Well, not just Iowa State and Buki trying to defend a six-foot-six tight end. How about the game that you're playing a week from tomorrow? I still remember it's ingrained in my memory, and it won't leave, unfortunately. The 2018 game against Texas where, what, with L.J. Humphrey and Colin Johnson, they're just throwing deep balls up. I remember a game against uh, Houston in 2016 where all the offense is doing is just throwing jump balls to the wide receivers because they've got five or six inches on the corner that's defending them, right? Like It it does feel like, like those corners are just better, but they're also bigger, they're more capable. And and I guess this just goes to the overall point is even the – amount of points that OU's giving up right now, which is not a whole lot right now, teams are having to earn it. They can't just drop back and say, let's just throw up a jump ball and this guy's going to go make a play. It's going to be a big game. You really got to earn it on this defense, and I just don't see an Iowa State defense tomorrow, one, coming up with a ton of big plays, but two, having consecutive big plays in a drive, having an 11 or 12 play drive to go score a touchdown. I just, they're not that kind of offense to yeah. me. Well, and, and it's funny, you know, when you think about it in the terms of, of how you just laid that out, it's 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 difficult to score on this defense. It's difficult to protect the quarterback against this defense. It's difficult to move the chains. So you're a lot less likely to even attempt to throw it down the field. Whenever there's been a – it hasn't been a good success rate right now. Uh, in the past, we've been giving up so much yards. Well, who cares? Let's try them deep. It doesn't matter. You know, okay, it's second and ten. No big deal. But now teams are not willing to just throw away plays. So instead of getting the deep ball, just let it fly and see what happens. Now you get the, well, how can we get four or five yards? Let's hit the little dink and dunk plays to try and chisel away to where we can, you know, keep converting first downs and have a chance of moving the football so it changes the entire mindset of an offensive coordinator well because uh, incompletion on first and 10 is almost a third and eight death sentence right because yeah. oh, that's second and 10 we got let's, let's run the ball and try to get something here and we get two yards here it is third and eight now we're really against it so now that's now that's that's accurate um gunny says hey fellas huge ou fan i'm picking ou for a double cover saturday who do you have in the game tonight the Bearcats or the Mormons? Boy, 
I think it's a that's pick a, em. I, It's a pick 'em right now. I believe. Is it? Is that what it is right yeah. now? I, I I'm leaning Cincinnati, but I don't have a whole lot to go on. I just haven't seen BYU that much. I'll go with Cincinnati. I'll say their defensive line dominates, but that's really all I have to go off of. Yeah. Defensive line, I think, is going to have a chance to dominate. I think that um, Emory Jones will probably be able to get out and create some more offense, create more plays outside the pocket that he just couldn't do against uh, against our defense. Yeah. Uh, what? God, would... How good does that feel to say, huh? I, I mean, I... I... I, I don't take it for granted. I, I'll tell you that much. I, I just don't let it be a right. throwaway statement. I really, I try to be as present as possible when I say good things about the OU defense. It, it has not right. gotten old just yet, and I've not taken it for granted just yet. But what would be, and this is both sides of the ball, just the team overall. Text line, you can interact with this as well. What would be concerning coming out of tomorrow? What What is a scenario tomorrow outside of duh, losing the game? But I'm more talking about a certain position group. What would be really concerning tomorrow if we're talking about, you know, some position group not playing well? Well, for me, it's going to be concerning if we don't find some stuff in the running game sooner rather than later. It needs to happen. Um, I think we're too, we're too talented on the offensive line right now to have the results that we've had. And it's not all on the offensive line. It's also on the running backs. We're too talented at running back to have the rushing results that we've had right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've we've got to be able to make guys miss. We've got to be able to to run through tacklers. Our, I've told you the advanced metrics on our running backs are not good at all. The only one that is above average is Tawi Walker, and he is just slightly above average on advanced metrics. The rest of our guys, way in the red. Uh, okay, Indecisive Sooner says Gavin Sawchuk. I agree with that, by the way. Indecisive Sooner says Gavin Sawchuk, two touchdowns and 140-plus yards. Bookmark it. Man, I, I, I hope so. I, I'm not going to go there with you, Indecisive Sooner, but I really hope so because, look, I think that Tawie Walker – Probably gets the start tomorrow, and I'm going to guess that he gets the most carries tomorrow as well. And for tomorrow, that's okay. I think he's the most trustworthy running back you have. You can trust him down, down, and down, down. And he's a good player. But I think for this OU offense to reach the peak of what they can be and, quite frankly, what they need to be if they want to win the conference, I think you've got to have at least one between Barnes and Sawchuck emerge. Because those are your big play guys that I think you have at that position. And I think that yeah. Tommy Walker can give you a lot. But, like, the peak of what this offense can be, you've you got to have one of those two guys get back, get back into form. No, I agree. I agree. I don't know, man. It, it's interesting whenever we hear, well, why haven't those guys played more practice? Like, that's, that's a concerning thing, isn't it? Yep. You know, you're – it's your second year here, and I don't know what that maybe means. Is is that like uh, physically not practicing well, mentally not locked in, not focused, not prepared? Don't know what you're supposed to be doing. I don't. You can go a bunch of different ways with that, but 
mean, I, it's concerning if you're not getting a bunch of carries, you're given opportunities in practice, and you're not practicing well. I don't know what to make of it, you know, just not being there, not being able to see it, you know, day in, day out. It's just, it's hard to hard to make much of a comment other than I, I, I guess I am leaning towards we're going to see less and less of those guys, not more and more. Which and I don't necessarily think that that's not it's not a good thing because I think that's the future and and I think ultimately those guys may have higher ceiling than yeah than Marcus Major and Tawi Walker yeah and that that's my point I just they're they're the two most talented running backs you have if you want to get to having a, a really good elite run game I think one of those two guys really got to emerge by the way um, speaking of not practicing well from everything you've told me and from everything else I've heard. Um, DeMarco Murray would not be a fun position coach to be with at practice if you're not practicing no. well. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if he'd be a fun position coach to be at practice if you are practicing well. <laughs> Seriously. It's one of those where he's like the he's like the best dude on the field except to the running backs, you know. It's like everyone that walks by, hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. you know, hey, uh, come over here and see the guys. Introduce yourself to the guy, and then when it's once practice starts on those guys, it's just like unloads. It's great. He's fantastic, and it's not like just you know. Often you see coaches that just yell to yell, and that's he's there's there's good info in there. He's demanding of his guys. I I I cannot look at the running back situation right now and see what's what's happening out there and. And feel like they're not getting good instruction. I just don't think that's the case. I thought I was going to have a great Mike Gundy quote for the show today, a new one. Yeah. Uh, I went back and listened to his uh, Iowa State press conference. I was hoping that get an audio clip of him breaking down Iowa State by numbers. Uh, he did not <laughs> do that, unfortunately. So I guess we're left to wonder. Unique approach at the quarterback position. Just one instead of three, but three they got. He's good. Five at running backs, got some wiggle. Uh, 13's got a chance to be special at wide receiver. That's what I thought I was going to hear. Did not hear that. Disappointed. Uh, oh, man. Have you have you watched uh, much of Becht at quarterback? I I mean, a lot last week because like I think the game to watch for him is last week because they opened up the offense a lot more than they did in that Ohio game. So, yeah. like, not that OSU's defense is, like, the barometer for success or anything, but that's probably been the most active that he's been in the past game, and I like him. I like – like, he's a good young quarterback that can make some throws. I um, – the Iowa State guy I was asking yesterday, I said, hey, like, the great Iowa State teams are the – for their standard, right, that I can think of. They've had yeah. Seneca Wallace at quarterback, Brock Purdy at quarterback – so they're not different than anyone else. Like, the best Iowa State teams have been when they've been best at quarterback. So I asked him, even though it's early, do you see signs of him being the next great Iowa State quarterback? And there was, there was from, some optimism from him, and it sounds like there's some optimism from the Iowa State fans that he could be that next guy for them. And I don't yeah. disagree with that. I, I actually like him, you know, for Iowa State. I, I'll tell you what's really interesting. So for the longest time at quarterback, the way people taught it was you had this like super high 
release. They wanted to see how high your release point was, right? Uh, that's that's all you heard at the combine, and oh, he's got a low release point. He's going to get a lot of balls batted. That whole thing is totally out the the door these days, and I I think maybe they talked about it a little bit in hard knocks, but the new way a lot of quarterbacks are throwing it is almost Tyler like a second baseman, where it's almost like a. Everything is like inside the framework of your body, and it's almost like a three-quarter or closer to a a sidearm release. Yeah. Have you? Have, yeah, you and, can see it. And some do look like Chuck Knobloch out there throwing it from second base. <laughs> I have seen that. You're not it's, far it, off. And it's it's interesting. So, I guess the theory is you can generate like more power from your hips right there with the with where the ball sits, and the the ball comes out way quicker than it does with the the over-the-top release. So it's interesting, but you can see it really clear with Rocco Becht, and it looks really good. I mean, he throws a really nice ball. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on here from Riverwind. Hit us on the text line. We'll be back. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do, too. This equipment when it's windy or dry. Where'd you learn this? Oh, it's on SmokeyBear.com with many other wildfire prevention tips. Right. Thanks, honey bear. Because remember, only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, Butch Jones. You know, I think, you know, I don't think you're going to have to pay an arm and a leg. I don't know why he's at Arkansas State, why he took that job. You know, he was saving a couple years after Butch Jones is going to get fired at Arkansas State! He cried on the sidelines two weeks ago. They lost 73 to nothing. Butch Jones is ass. Butch, you need, Lawrence Tech wouldn't hire Butch Jones. Well, the Detroit Lions are off to one hell of a start, but that's a, a glimpse into Detroit sports radio right now, trying to find the replacement at Michigan State. Oh, wow. <laughs> a caller called in. I was saying, wondering what, what that about was. Butch was Jones? Like... Yeah, that was Detroit radio yesterday. <laughs> Someone called in saying, what about Butch? And, yeah, that was the reaction. Butch Jones' oh, wow. ass. Well, I, uh, I don't know what Michigan State's going to do. I don't know. I, I don't know much about the job. Don't know much about the the state of the program. It's I think it's been viewed for a while as like a, a pretty. It's a pretty good job, right? I think that's the perfect way to put it. Yeah, it's a pretty good job. That's that's yes, that right there. Don't don't change that up. Right. I. It's. It's one of those schools that is always going to be very, very difficult because it's little brother to another, to a big program in state, right? It's always going to make life really, really difficult. Yeah, um, before we get back to OU, I I saw it, I think it was on three that's reporting that um, Lance Leipold at Kansas and Washington State's head coach Jake Dickert have emerged as like the two top candidates. So, uh, Kansas, <laughs> be ready no. to spend some cash here, guys. Leipold's not leaving Kansas for Michigan State, unless there's some connection there that I don't know about. 
Um, now, Washington State's coach, on the other hand, that's a d- totally different story considering they're they're getting left behind. He could get in the Big Ten after all, <laughs> after all right. of this. But you're right. So, the only connection that uh, Lance Leipold probably has to Michigan State is a pay raise from Kansas. So, Well, good, here's good the him. thing. I Kansas is technically little brother – in the state of Kansas to Kansas State, but not by much, right? It's not like they've got a blue blood in state with them, okay? And I don't know what that, what the history of that rivalry is over time. Now, it's been one-sided since Snyder took the job and, in the 90s. And I'm going to guess it was probably pretty one-sided before Snyder got there. The other way, right? Yeah, uh-huh. And – so I guess what I'm saying is, right now, I, I've, Kansas State has the edge there, but I, I don't know how long that lasts. Now, KU's coming, man. They're coming. Now, maybe things level out a little bit whenever Daniels is gone, but I know Bean's still going to be there. I I don't know. I don't think Leipold, as crazy as it sounds, I don't think Leipold would leave Kansas for Michigan State. Is that stupid? Am I an idiot for saying that? Um, no, I, I just, I, I think he's in, I, I think Leipold is in a great position to where if a, yeah, that's a pretty good job opens up during the season, you can use that as leverage for a pay raise. That's what I think that this is. Yeah. And honestly, for a guy like him who the program continues and continues to make strides, a guy getting fired at a top 30, top 35 job, whatever that is, is perfect for him. Because they can get him yeah. another pay raise. Now, you do have to worry, if you're him, about kind of what we've seen with Campbell, right? Where he's the toast of the town, one of the hottest names out there. He stays and has has that moment passed him by. Um, you got to wonder with, with Leipold on that. But, you know, yeah. some of the other stuff is... There's been a bunch of people that have suggested to me that Campbell loves Ames because of Natty Light. The, because the Natty Light and the fact that he he's not in an area where he can't do anything. Like the quality of life is extremely high with him there. I don't know if this next conversation is an indictment on the overall excitement or the storylines of this game tomorrow. I tend to think it's actually a, an important conversation for this team moving forward. But who's going to start at that other guard spot tomorrow? That is yeah. not a sexy conversation to have. But for this team, I, I think it's an important conversation to have. I, I'm leaning towards Troy Everett because I just don't know what the injury situation was with Savion Bird. I know that he he what he, he didn't play great leading into the injury, and Troy Everett had a pretty nice game against the best defensive line that Oklahoma's faced up to this point. So it wouldn't shock me at all if they rolled with him. I, I mean, if if you think that he played well last week, I, I mean, I, I think it would be him as well. Uh, maybe they just view him right now as. You know, not not the most upside at that position, but they can trust him more than than the other options right now. 
And I, yeah. I think that we'll probably see at least two at that spot, maybe even three with Caden Green. Maybe so. Maybe so. I, I like Caden Green. Um, I, you know, I, I almost wish that he he was going to be able to get some a, a lot of time there at that guard spot and because I think that his size and physicality is something that we could really use on the offensive line. But – I don't know. Tomorrow, to tomorrow sure. is a tomorrow's a big day for that spot. I mean, for what's looming in eight days. You know, yeah. Um, I, like to, if Troy Everett starts and he plays, I don't think he has to play exceptional. But if Troy Everett starts and he plays, yeah, he plays well tomorrow. There are no massive mistakes, and you get out of him what you expect to get out of him, which is just kind of solid play across the board. Then maybe he's your guy at that spot here moving forward. Wouldn't surprise me. For sure. For sure. I I think there's a chance that he wins that spot. It's going to be an interesting day with the way that Iowa State, you know, fits the run. They do some uh, – it, it, it looks chaotic whenever you're watching it on film with how they fit some things, but they're really good at it. Their nose guard, 58, is really difficult to move off the spot. Uh, Andrew Rame's going to have a tough day, and – he would really enjoy some good help from whoever his left guard is. What about it? Go uh, a long way for it. What about it, Cheetah? Does it really matter who starts the first series, or is that more situational? Because you, you think Bowen's going to play there, you think McCullough's going to play there, but do we really need to have an in-depth convo as to who the starter's going to be at Cheetah? I think it's going to be Jason McCullough. I mean, he played he played the vast majority of the reps. Uh, Cincinnati, and Iowa State is a much more tight end, heavy uh, football team. They're going to have one, two, and maybe even three tight ends out there on the field. I, I think you, you see Jason McCullough of the majority of the game again. Yeah. And I think that's good. I, I, he, he I got just, no problem He, he really with that. has a knack of I – mean, I mean, you see him out there, you know, making some plays, but just the – the pop that this defense has, and we talk about that with Reggie Pearson, but Desan McCullough, like, he's on the short list of guys that can really come up and make a big-time hit on someone. And, we, and we've seen that a couple of times this year. Super you physical just, guy. You, you, yeah, and if you're an offense and you're, you're trying to attack the line of scrimmage, like, laterally, like on, on some of those bubble things and trying to get out on the edge – those guys, they just can't block him, you know? They just can't block him because he's because of the length that he has. So I, don't know, I think it's uh, I think it's fascinating to to see like just the mismatch because we we haven't seen anyone else like that. Can you think of anyone in this conference that's even looked like that that they that that has played recently? There's not anyone mm, that's it's, looked he's like totally that. unique and, yeah. and teams. I don't think they know how to attack him. Like, uh, like Jalen Petrie wasn't even that big, was he, at Baylor? No. Yeah, not even Pe- close. He's small. I'm just trying yeah. to. Well, I'm just trying to think of some of the better players that we've seen, kind of in the yeah. back end of this conference. And yeah, he's like, no, you're right. Physically, I, I can't. I can't think of one man. Yeah, that's why. That's one of the best players. That makes the point really. That's one of the better players at like the safety spot that we've seen in this league the past three years, and it's not close physically. Which yeah, big reason why there was so much excitement. 
918, um, here's my take for tomorrow's game. If OU can't put up at least 35 points tomorrow, we got issues on offense. OSU scored 27 on them last week. Hell, Iowa put up 20 on them. That's from OU, uh, OUJR or OU Junior, whichever one. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would say is like I don't necessarily agree that it means we've got problems. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think we – a lot of it depends on what style of football we're going to play. Now, I think that – I think our offense, since we're, we're still – it feels like trying to get right and really hit our full stride, I don't expect us to go out there and be conservative. I don't. Now, I, I do expect us to take what Iowa State gives us to a certain degree, but I do think that we're going to try and score some points tomorrow. Camo Sooner says, where do you guys see Iowa State ending up in the hierarchy of the Big 12 after OU and Texas are gone? Um, last couple of years don't give you a whole lot of confidence, at least for me, that they're going to be top four or top five. I feel like they're going to be a program man that builds for a couple of years, and once every three to four years they're going to have a really good team and can push for a top four or five team in the conference. Well, see, and that's interesting. I agree with that, but – Here's the thing. I think that's what that's kind of what, how everyone the the projects. Is. Yeah. Isn't it? That Utah's been pretty consistent, but they're about to lose a quarterback. Yeah, so so let's see with them, but I, I would say for the overwhelming majority that is absolutely the case. It's it's just it's teams that are it's kind of like a wave, you know, you you have a good class, you those guys develop, get good they become seniors together and you you have a, a year or two where you're really good and then you kind of start the whole process over again that's what everyone has has really been in this conference teams that have had success in this conference now how how is that going to change when OU and Texas are gone I'm not exactly sure I mean I would expect that somebody is going to find way more consistency and I lean towards TCU and Kansas State on that, but I think Iowa State, if they're if Hecox stays there and their defense stays as good as it's been, then I got no reason to believe that they're not gonna like they're not gonna be able to compete for for championships in the in the conference, you know, every now and then. Unless they hire Butch Jones, right? Butch Jones is unless, ass. Unless they hire Butch Jones. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Butch Jones. All right, quick time out here from Riverwind Casino. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Win the most three times a week during Apache Casino Hotel slot tournament days. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Pat, at KREF Sports, and go drop your score prediction there. I've got, what do I have, 38-7 OU for tomorrow. Stop me when you hear a score that you like. Jim says 42-10. Dave, I like that. Uh, just one. That's it, huh? Well, you said stop you whenever I, like, whenever like I hear the, one like I like. Like where you would go. Like what you're oh, thinking, okay. final score. This is the only way I can get a final score out of you. Okay. 42-10, 52-10, 35-13, 35-7, 28-6, 40-6, 
I feel like I'm going to be reading responses for five more minutes. Just pick one. (laughs) I like. I still can't get a final score prediction out of you. Jeez. Final score prediction for me is going to be. Do I have to do it now or just by the end of the show? It's just so infuriating. My gosh. If, Why are you, you feel so like upset? It feels like you're going to be held to that throughout the game. Well, hell, Lehman said we we're going to win 42-3. Oh, yeah. I never hear back on any of the predictions I make from our uh, listeners. That never happens, Tyler. One of these days I'll get a final score <laughs> prediction. One of these days. How about this? How about this? Um, I think the final score will be 38 to 9. All right. You heard it, text line. If it's not 38 to 9, I expect to see text on Monday. Well, hell, Layman said it was going to be 38 to 9. Wait a minute. Did I mean uh, maybe I meant 33 9? Yeah, that's what I meant. 33 to 9. There's a lot of uh, submissions with the final score six. It had been a while. Since OU had only given up six points, so everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, two field goals now. They're all excited yeah, about it. That's that's the norm here. Now, haven't we had was, – was the SMU – was it SMU that was a scoregami for OU? 28-11. Was that the final score? Yeah. Or was it Cincinnati? There's There's been one of them this year, maybe two, uh, which is interesting. I, I know there was a NFL game last week that was a scoregami. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was the SMU game, 28-11. Yeah. Yep, perhaps. Uh, a lot of confidence though on the text line right now. Well, I know, and jeez, guys, I sixteen and nine, like that. I feel like it, it's crazy because we have we have PTSD whenever it comes to giving up points defensively, and I I think that's why maybe myself I'm so hesitant to give out these scores where. Because I actually think that we can play great against Iowa State defensively. I think that we can really make life miserable on Becht at quarterback. They haven't been good running the football. We've been really solid stopping it. They they have uh, what's the kid's name? Is it uh, the wide? They have a good wide receiver. Well, thirteen. Uh, yes, thirteen. He's, he he can play out there. That's yeah, good player, but. He's not a guy that you you look at and say, well, it's just a massive mismatch for us. Like, in the past, we've seen receivers that are 6'6", and it's like, you know, we just don't have anyone to throw at him. He's a good receiver, but I don't feel like there's any type of, of mismatch. He could run. He's super fast, but I don't I, – I feel good about it. And it's scary. <laughs> I know it's scary, but you could at least put a number attached to it. I, I, I did, 33-9. to nine. Okay, that's thirty-three to nine. That is the official. Yeah, is that right at the number? Uh, I don't know. That's probably no. Under that's the, the, that's a, that's a cover right there. Yeah. Yeah, the over under is forty-eight and a half, and the line is twenty right now. So you got to so. you got to know you cover for the uh, fifth consecutive week. All right. Mm-hmm. No, hey, I yeah, know it's I, I know it's it scary. My lock. I know it's scary, but it's it's what's happening, man. And I and I do wonder what the game plan for 
Iowa State is Saturday because they've had two opposite game plans the past two weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, it was like, hey, let's not put a ton on our freshman quarterback. Let's run the ball. That didn't really work. Last week, it was let's open it up, and things did work offensively. But Matt Campbell's got to know, man. If they want to sit there and throw it around all day long with the redshirt freshman quarterback, that's that's not going to end well for them. So right. I wonder if there's almost a K-State game plan for those guys going into this week. Uh, I don't know. I, for them, they've got to say, why? what's, what's the formula to beat Oklahoma for us? Uh, as limited as we've been offensively, it's we've we've got to try and shorten the game. We we've got to try and create something on special teams. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's a gadget. Maybe that's a surprise on side. Maybe that's a fake. Try and create something on special teams as an equalizer. See, you know the formula changes whenever you're going up against a team that has a really good defense. Like you have to find a way to generate points whenever their defense isn't on the field. And that's whenever you open up special teams to do stuff against. Like, we haven't seen a whole lot of that in the past because people have been able to score at will on our defense. So this is where you kind of get opened back up to to some of that exposure. I would like to see a uh, big special teams play from OU's side tomorrow, and what a better play to unveil tomorrow Mm. than what happened 22 years ago today in Norman. Maybe my favorite trick play slash fake of the Bob Stoops era. 2001 against Kansas State. They have like the ninja formation uh, in the punts. Throw it to a wide receiver. They throw it back to Hunter Wall for a touchdown. Mm. It's just a thing of beauty, isn't it? Yeah, it's It's been 22 years. You can run it again. It'll be fine. Just a thing of absolute beauty. Worked on that thing for, for a long time. Pretty much... Every single practice that I had ever been a part of leading up to that moment, we practiced that play. So it was awesome to see it finally be be run out there. Uh, and it was run to perfection yes, against the team that they knew had been studying it. I think, what was it? We lined up in that in 99 and just threw it out to the outside, to the ninja side. So they knew that that was going to be like whenever you are in a when you're on punt return and you go into your preparation that week, there's always going to be a real put together uh, film of all of the fakes that that team or that coaching staff have ever run. And that list a lot of times goes back years to different programs Sometimes it's it's plays that were run against them that maybe they would steal. So you kind of have your antenna up to all of these different little scenarios. So they knew that they had been studying just the ninja formation, so had a nice little counter to it. Pretty cool. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're simply the best. Riverwind is the Metro's best casino. With all of your favorite games. Celebrate fall with our $50,000 Harvest Winnings Giveaway. Play with your wild card all September. For a chance to win a share of $50,000. With drawings every Saturday in September. You're simply the best. 
We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how, and we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids need to know the dangers and how to avoid them. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids, because when you talk, they hear you. Life is yours to spend. Spend it expanding your balance. Spend it expanding your mind. Spend it wondering what comes next. Spend it trusting that God has a plan. Spend it taking small steps in your own life. Spend it making a big impact on someone else's. First United Bank. Spend life wisely. The changing season is here, and if you're ready for a change, check out the 2023 Buick Envisions. Take up to $5,250 off MSRP for eligible non-GM owners. There's not a better change than driving a Buick from Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in Orino. Buick sizzle at Dorsey Jones. And when you step out of yours, well, hot, hot, hot. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81, exit 125 in Orino, or Dorsey-JonesBuickGMC.com. Experience the new Buick. See dealer for details. Hey guys, TJ here for my friends at Joe's Wines and Spirits. Football season is back, and when you need a great selection of your favorite beer, wine, or liquor, do what I do. Go see Kathy and her staff at Joe's. They have tons of specials, like this month on Jack Daniels, Malibu Rum Cocktails, Relax Riesling, and more. Joe's is open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., and noon to 5 on Sundays. 1330 East Alameda, right here in Norman, or visit Joe's Wines on Facebook for all their monthly specials. Serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. I'm Michael Naranjo, and I'm a veteran. Today, I'm a sculptor. My fingers are my eyes. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year. With DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Hey, Sooner fans, Drake Stoops here to tell you about my friends at the Affordable Door Company. Their fast, reliable, and professional staff have been serving the OKC Metro for over 28 years. Affordable Door Company is your one-stop shop for residential and commercial garage door service and replacement. Call them and tell them you want the ultimate maintenance for your garage door. You don't want to be stuck in your garage at game time, so give them a call at 405-635-9499 or visit them online at affordabledoor.net. You can't afford not to call Affordable Door Company, proud garage door sponsor of the Sooners. Zombies, run! Join us on October 28th at Ruby Grand Park for this year's Zombie 5K and Fun Run. We'll have snacks, adult beverages, a costume contest, a family dance following the run, and more. The race begins at 6.30 p.m. Check out the Norman Parks and Recreation Facebook page or normanparks.com for more information. And register by October 18th to guarantee your race shirt. We will see you there, ghosts and ghouls. I'm Gina Mitchell of Mitchell's Jewelry. Our showroom is home to classic favorites like diamond earrings and pearl strands, plus cool watches from Michelle and Shinola, and cases full of the latest trends. We are known for our engagement rings and love giving our customers every option, straight from our cases or in their very own custom design with natural diamonds, lab-grown diamonds, or colored gemstones. Shop with us in-store or shop our website or Instagram. Mitchell's Jewelry in the heart of Norman at 2201 West Main Street. 
Babes, what are you doing? What? I'm just mowing the lawn. No, it's blazing hot and dry out here. Don't you remember? Smokey Bear says... Avoid using power equipment when it's windy or dry. Where'd you learn this? Oh, it's on... SmokeyBear.com with many other wildfire prevention tips. Right. Thanks, honey bear. Because remember, only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Cavens Group bringing you the sour on an OEC football Friday. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. Cavens Group 405 573 3048. That's 405 573 3048 or cavensgroup.com. Looks like Jimbo just hit us up on the text line. What's he got to say? Uh, he's got a score prediction 14 13 Oklahoma. Okay. And then he also says, are they going to play the funk shop by two live crew at the end of the third quarter? That's what is that? The funk shop? He wants to know, Jimbo wants to know what the end of the third quarter song is going to be. Maybe I'll play it later. Is that whenever they play like the song of the day or whatever, song of the week? No. Is that it or what? No. Dude, the end of the what third quarter it? song that we had to talk about last year to mask all the losses that were mounting. That was a thing last yeah. year that we were trying to find it into the third quarter song to make our own in the stadium, right. and it never happened. Well, what what have we heard? What is like? What have they done this year so far? I I not I, they haven't tried it again. I I don't even know if they played the same song at the end of the third quarter of the past two games. Right. So we did not well, we did not find one last year. It, it'll probably be a thing this week because you got a night game. They'll be able to use the lights with it. Hope so. You know, primetime television, so I imagine there's something. I don't know what it could be, though. Eric in Illinois says, the ups and downs of our fan base. Saturday afternoon, we sucked. The next Friday, we are going to win by 100. <laughs> it is it is beautiful, did, isn't it? I know there was people that, that weren't just thrilled, but did – it's a very, very small percentage of our fan base that thinks that OU's that we're not any good, right? I mean, yeah, just not any good overall. That's a very, that's very like the the feeling Saturday post game was defense awesome. Let's recognize it, but that Dylan Gabriel man, and that's not even the majority of people. I think that was just some, but I don't think anyone yeah. thinks that they just totally terrible. Surely not. That'd be a dumb opinion. I think. I know. It, it's so it's so strange how far we've come on quarterback play. We, we've, we've gone to a point where if a guy has five incompletions in a game, he's an idiot and he's terrible. It's weird. I mean, it, the completion, I remember it wasn't very long ago where if you completed 60% of your passes, and had a two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio, you were excellent. <laughs> now it's got to be like 30-to-one interceptions. Crazy. All right, quick timeout, hour number